are the Mariners doing what they're doing right now? How are they doing what they're doing? Yeah, how are they how are they so good? You know, the short answer is that they're winning an unbelievably high number of one-run ball games, like historically high. <laughs> and that's where all the baseball projections that exist these days kind of fall down. Hello again, and welcome to Caught Looking, Sinkhole's limited run podcast on all things baseball. I'm here again, as always, with our in-house baseball expert, Andrew Forbes. Hey, Andrew. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. Um, and so today Good. we are going to be talking about the cheerfulest of subjects. If you read Andrew's essay this week, it's all about uh, steroids, the steroid era. It's a kind of a follow-up to the essay he wrote on home runs uh, three weeks ago. So let's just jump in. What's the essay about this week? The essay, as you suggest, launched from it really was the second half of the column I'd written about baseball's current and ever-growing obsession with the home run. And of course, it's hard to talk about the home run in the context of the last 20 years or so and not mention steroids. But it turned out to be just too big a subject to tackle alongside uh, the rise of the home run in one column. It would have been, a you know, a hefty tome. So I split it up. But, it, it you know, the, the, the germ for all of it was the suspension back in May of uh, Robinson Cano of the Seattle Mariners. And it just seemed to me that every time that we think that that the steroid era is water under the bridge, then then something else comes along to remind us that it's it's still very much a part of of the culture of baseball. So the column is about a racketing. You know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's sort of a very brief summary of the history of the the use of performance enhancing drugs in baseball and uh, a very <laughs> tepid or half hearted attempt to figure out exactly what the moral ramifications of uh, of steroid use are. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think you're selling yourself short a little bit. I wouldn't call it tepid. I wouldn't call it half-hearted. I would call it <laughs> maybe more complex than a lot of the hot takes we read when it was first happening a little over a decade ago. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that really interested me was the fa- you make reference to the fact that we're all sort of complicit. The tendency is for okay. us to lay the blame at the feet of the players. Right. But in reality, we mm-hmm. were all reaping the benefits of the steroids that they were taking. Right. Yeah. And, and this is something, you know, a, um, a number of years ago, I wrote a column for another outlet about uh, Alex Rodriguez and how complicated he is. And he's kind of emblematic of all this. And the fact is that Alex Rodriguez is the very direct result of baseball fans being very clear about what it is they want, but being kind of less than specific when it comes to some of the trappings of that. So, I mean, Alex Rodriguez gave people everything that they wanted, right? He was glamorous and narcissistic and he could hit for power and average. Uh, he was a superstar, but it also came off as, and he continues to come off as a person as sort of mawkish and desperate. And I think in that column, I described Alex Rodriguez as the baseball player 
you know, sort of mistrans our, our desires for a certain kind of baseball tr- player mistranslated as though, as though by David Cronenberg, right? David Cronenberg films are about things that we think that we desire, but fed to us in a kind of faulty context or, uh, something is off about the delivery. And in fact, instead of something that we desire, it becomes something grotesque. Uh, and I think that that is the perfect description of Alex Rodriguez. And I think that that is the perfect description of, of what steroids hath wrought upon the game of baseball. Right. Yeah. So, and the fact, the fact that, you, that you're crediting me with, with a little bit more complexity when it comes to this hot take is because it's a very cold take. I mean, this, this week's <laughs> column reflects things that have been rolling around in my head for the many years since this all broke really 20 years now is what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, plus 20 plus, I mean, but these are things, you know, this represents, you know, my best effort to summarize all of the thoughts I've had about this over those, those many years. So I want to ask, why do you think steroids of all the forms of cheating in all professional sports? and, And a lot of times we do get, backlash from when we find like I'm, I'm thinking of the Patriots with their uh, deflate gate thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm thinking steroids seem to engender a uniquely fierce backlash. Mm-hmm. There was the Mitchell report. There were congressional hearings. Um, I'm wondering yeah. why you think that happened. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the column is called the gray area for good reason. You know, baseball is unique among sports in the collective desire to continue to imbue it with some kind of a purity, (laughs) which is entirely fictional and has been for since day one. But but the the kid gloves with which which it's treated mean that sort of overt expressions of craven, um, overt expressions of the craven desire to get around the rules, certain rules are somehow more distasteful than than other transgressions or, or similar transgressions in other sports. The steroid thing is just funny because it does seem like, as you suggest, I think, a fairly arbitrary line in the sand, which leaves a lot of things on either side that are either questionable or, or I, I, I don't know, that don't present the same moral conundrum that steroids seem to do. Um, you know, when you talk about certain nutritional supplements and you talk about, you know, you mentioned off the top of the show or, or not off the top of the show, when you and I are discussing before you hit record, you know, why isn't the competitive advantage that the Yankees have over the Oakland athletics just as distasteful to people as the use of synthetics to aid the body in the development of muscle mass. So, you know, I, I think it, it, there are some very vocal talking heads in baseball that seem to have uh, decided that certain things are acceptable and other things are not. And when they get upset, it, it spreads. Yeah. So when it reaches a critical mass and enough of those people decide that something is not acceptable, um, then there's an extremely vocal outpouring of anxiety over the state of baseball and the changes within it. But as I say, I think I only kind of allude to it, but, uh, um, in the final piece, but players have been looking for these advantages since day one. And you can bet, that if somebody had offered Mickey Mantle something to inject that would have sped the recovery of his bum knee and got him back playing sooner after each recurrence of that injury, he'd have done it, you know? So I want to say, I, I've been reading a lot of Thomas Pynchon lately and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, James Baldwin. I know I can hear you saying, uh-oh. 
Um, <laughs> no, I welcome this. <laughs> and I've been thinking a lot about in other contexts, but I, I welcome the opportunity to talk about it in the context of sport, uh, American mm-hmm. innocence, right? And the way yeah. in which we, and we meaning me, because I'm the only American in this conversation, but we That's true. <laughs> refuse to reckon with our history. And then yeah. it's like we suppress it in some way. Mm-hmm. And then it just comes out in this weird way. So I would I would argue, for example, that the current administration, the administration of Donald Trump is an example of our suppressing habit coming out in a really weird way. Right? There are things that right. we refuse to reckon with historically. Um, and I, I, I was about to list some things off, but the list is so long that I, I just I think I'll leave it to the mm. listener's imagination. And so this to me, this thing about the backlash that steroids engendered. I'm composing this theory on the fly here, so bear with me. But it seems to be another form of this. As you said, um, cheating has been baked into baseball and other sports since the day they were created. And there are things that we have looked past and looked past and looked past for decades. And then all of a sudden it's like a line. You're right. A line, a sort of arbitrary line is drawn in the sand. And I wonder Mm -hmm. what you think of that theory, first of all. And I'll leave the follow-up question. Actually, I'll let you answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a lot lot to that. And I think that, you know, it's, it's so funny because I mean, cheating within certain allowable limits is a part of baseball and always has been. I mean, you know, a, a fleet base runner is encouraged to steal a base. Yeah. And sign stealing is not something that we blink an eye at unless it's happening, you know, to the detriment of our team and then we'll raise a stink. But I think that you're right. I think that, I think that the uproar over steroids, I think, first of all, that the acceleration of the impact of steroids on the game was so sudden and dramatic and and very, you know, absurd, really, that that it forced the hand of baseball. If if these things had happened more gradually, I think it could have been accepted kind of piecemeal. But really, the breaking point was 98. I think the breaking point was twofold. The breaking point was 98 when. Um, Maguire and Sammy Sosa, um, you know, uh, ran roughshod over, over Roger Maris' single season home run record. And then the second breaking point was more drawn out, but maybe it sort of culminated in 2001 with Barry Bonds. And because it was Barry Bonds and Barry Bonds was so widely disliked and frankly dislikable, unlikable by his own admission, I think that made it convenient then to deal with it. To, 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 to draw that line and say, well, this is the reason that we have to have a reckoning in baseball. So he, this he, acted as a, he acted as a scapegoat in some sense. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. If, if ask yourself if, if I don't know to pick a name, if Ken Griffey Jr. had stayed healthy and had been the one to uh, chase down the records of Babe Ruth and then Hank Aaron or, or Maris's single season record, even if there had been suspicion about how he'd managed to stay healthy or how he'd managed to bulk up so quickly from one season to, to another. 
if the uproar would have been the same as it was with Barry Bonds? Yeah. And I think that the answer is no. So I think that, I think that you're right. I think there was some unease about what was happening, some desire to kind of reset that purity meter in baseball. And it made it extremely convenient when Bonds became the face of all this. Well, I, I, uh, I want to jump in for a second because that corresponds, I think, to the way we, we interact politically, which is the yeah. scapegoating thing, right? And then that really bothers me because it's like we escape the real moral reckoning because we hang all yeah. of our sins on a single person that we consider to be the villain. Right, right. Which is what I would I'm argue the, the left is doing right now with Donald Trump, the sort of hysteria over everything that he does or right. says or stands for. And it's just right. like much of what he does and says and stands for already existed. Yes. And we ignore Yes. Them. Yes. And if I can anticipate perhaps another question of yours and tie it into what you're saying right now, the impeachment movement with the efforts to keep Bonds and other players too, but Bonds is kind of a figurehead out of the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And the sense that if we do that, then it will have been reckoned with. If you somehow manage, first of all, if you manage to impeach the sitting president, you, you've got Mike Pence waiting, which I know should, <laughs> you know, gives, gives people on the left just as many nightmares. But it would be, I think a lot of people would be tempted in that situation to say that by impeaching Trump and and getting him out of the White House that a lot of sins would have been reckoned with when in fact they hadn't. Because as you say, he represents something, but he did not start something. Baseball's got a similar thing where if we can just manage to keep these, you know, to use others' terms, cheaters out of the Hall of Fame and refuse to recognize their records, um, then we will have dealt with all of it and we can forget about it. When I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. And I, and I think we're actually hitting on a weird pattern that this country seems to engage in, which is we ignore the sins. Then all of a sudden we have somebody on which to hang the sins. This is almost biblical, right? Right. right. Um, and then we crucify that person or that group of people. And then we assume that everything is okay when in reality, the sort of systemic rot that we have engendered continues. Right. Right. Until the next blow up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for anticipating my next question. <laughs> <laughs> have we adequately reckoned with the steroid era? The answer I, I guess is no. Um, how, Not even would, a bit, how no. would we go no. about doing that? Do you think? <laughs> well, I think that it would take something which is never likely to pass, which is the, uh, explicit understanding that a lot of people benefited from it and a lot of people therefore did nothing to stop it. It's far too simple to say that players did this under the radar and everyone else, especially the owners, uh, the people who control baseball were ignorant and had no idea. This was why the number of home runs was climbing so dramatically. Uh, but, Oh, Hey, look at all the bums in the seats. When the truth is that rules that were either vague or non-existent remained vague and non-existent uh, until they couldn't be any longer. But the number of people who benefited while those things remained 
uh, a little open-ended includes not just the players whose numbers jumped as a result of using substances, which we now consider illegal in the game of baseball, but did not then. Yeah. So it's, it's um, about the incentive. And I just don't see that. I just don't see that happening. I, I don't see that happening. As, as I say, as you say, there will be a few scapegoats. They will be made to wear it. Uh, and and the people who benefited the most won't. They'll never they'll never have it tagged ta- attached to their name in any official capacity. So it's a reckoning that won't happen. It's a reckoning that there'll be some lip service paid to it. Everybody who has qualms about this will sleep better when somebody finally does pass bonds numbers, which is bound to happen at some point. I think the things that we used to think were untouchable. Like we we now understand that they're not. So when that happens, everyone will sleep a little bit easier, knowing that Bonds is no longer the the home run king. And uh, now there are stringent rules in place, and cheaters are caught, and so on and so forth. Yeah, are there rules in place for? I see. I don't know enough about the rule book. Are there rules in place for um, dealing with? I don't know future. Uh, performance enhancing drugs, things that we have not foreseen, are, are they listed specifically by name? They have to be listed specifically. And so it's, it's on top of, you know, it's, I mean, baseball doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's in contact with all the other sporting bodies around the world. And as things are identified, then they get added. Okay. But that's just it. You know, the, the, the um, regulations lag behind the science for so long that it seemed impossible to, to say that it was purely the result of ignorance. <laughs> But um, going forward, the agreement between baseball and the Players Association uh, allows for things to be added to the list. Yeah. Like I said, I want to ask a question. I probably should have asked this question earlier, but it's sort of a basic question, Mm -hmm. which is, is taking steroids actually cheating in a philosophical sense? There's the trick. Yeah. In a in a in a strict sense, it is now if the steroid is listed on the list of banned substances. Philosophically, it's a very difficult line to draw. As as you and I have said, it's it's and I'm having trouble coming up with where the line what differentiates a supplement or um a, something beneficial from something harmful enough to be considered a banned substance or to be added to the list. If in the future it can be proven that these things have been overhauled and have been made safe in that they don't have any long-term effects on the athlete's body, do we then remove them from the banned substances list? I, I don't know. But the way that baseball has come to depend on science seems to be at odds with with banning all of these things. So philosophically, is it cheating? Maybe (laughs) (laughs) this is just it. This is why I call it the gray area because it's tricky and I don't know who should be responsible for deciding what's, what's a okay. And what's just a matter of, you know, gaining a competitive advantage and what is out and out cheating. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, you know, Shohei Otani, who we, we talked about, uh, you know, a number of weeks back who was injured now and is receiving injections of, uh, his own platelet rich plasma <laughs> to encourage the healing of his own ligaments. That's some weird science, but I guess we think that's okay. But if he were to inject certain other substances, which do not originate from within, within his own body, that would be crossing a line. Well, and like, think about as it, think about something even as, as quotidian as Gatorade. 
which replenishes your electrolytes right. or sure. water, which keeps you hydrated or protein, yeah. which helps you build muscle. Right. It's like, why are we drawing the line where we're drawing the line? Yeah. It seems if you follow this through to uh, some kind of logical conclusion, you know, you would have players whose diets are completely dictated by, by, um, by baseball and agreements between, between the league and the players association, but that's obviously not going to come to pass. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's fuzzy. It's, it's, um, as you say, there, there are so many things, there are so many things that are acceptable for a professional athlete to do to their bodies, which the rest of us would never even consider yeah. doing, <laughs> <laughs> but they are normal somehow within that realm. And then, and then these other things, which somehow bear the, 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 the unfortunate mantle, or maybe the, maybe the proper mantle. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not a scientist, but, but of being somehow uh, impure and and morally suspect. So where the line is now is it's a very ragged and fuzzy line, but it's 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 the one we have. Yeah. Let's uh, we'll call yeah. it there. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. And thanks to those of you who listened to our what is this episode six of Caught Looking. Um, we'll be back so. in yep. yeah I think so. Uh, we'll be back in two or three weeks um, with another one. Right, until then, enjoy the season. At the local dance, she was across the room, caught her glance. We started dancing, and before you know, I took it to my place. <laughs>